Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast Episode 22, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and everything in between. It's the 26th of October 2018, PAX Day 1. Yes. And my name's Mark Bell. My name's Matt. You're still Matt? Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm still Mark Bell. Uh, So this is possibly, well, should be a mini episode um, where we're just going to wrap up PAX Day 1 because it was PAX Day 1. It was. Yeah. The day is over. Yeah. Yeah. Just arrived back in the hotel, or I did, mm. and calling a wrap on day one. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I don't think we can start at day one. Why is that? I think we need to start at day zero. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Because uh, some things happened. Mm. We met at Lobo's Collectibles. Yeah. That was a... stop number one. Hmm. So I, I was at a work conference for the previous two days, um, and then you flew in, and then after my work conference had finished, I raced to Lobos, you raced to Lobos, we kind of didn't make it in time, we had enough time to look at a couple of things. Yeah, basically arrived 10 minutes before closing, mm. mostly because of the traffic getting out of the city. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the kind of store where you could spend a good hour just looking at stuff. Yeah, it's packed wall-to-wall. Yeah. Little things, yeah. Retro stuff, like figurines. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of LCD games, like Game & Watch games. Yeah. Um, a few consoles, a Commodore 64, yeah. things like that. But yeah, mostly figurines and... Just retro stuff yeah. from the 80s. Mostly 80s stuff, right? Oh, I don't know. I think I breezed past most of the, the figurines. Hmm. The video game bits I saw. Hmm. And, you know, because 10 minutes, like, you're just walking up and down the aisle. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't see much else, honestly, but that's, yeah, pretty much the, the store in a nutshell. Hmm. Well, we didn't get to see much anyway. Hmm. <laughs> but then we went to Pinball Paradise. Yeah. And we played the possibly the most important game um, that we played and will play for the entire weekend. Meatloaf Rotation. <laughs> we yes. played Meatloaf Rotation. <laughs> we did. Which was a game on the At Games Mega Drive. What is it? An emulator uh, console where you plug so, in yeah. the TV box kind of thing? Yeah. There was a number of interestingly titled games on well, that system. I had no idea there was built-in games at all on this thing. Mm. Um, but I think we proved that it's not a one-off because we saw another one later on. Spoiler. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it also had games in it. Mm. Yeah. The same? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So meatloaf rotation. Well, I didn't see that. We right. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. So strangely, there's all these terribly named games and, and things also that are all crap. bad games. And then there's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. One, two, and three. Yeah. It's bizarre for some reason. Yeah. yeah. 
Very strange, but Meatloaf Rotation is my new favourite title of a game yeah. ever <laughs> in the history of the world. Yeah. Because it's just stupid. <laughs> and we probably played it for much longer than it was worth playing. Hmm. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. It involved rotating meatloafs yeah. with numbers on them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And trying to get the um the what is it? The horizontal lines of one, two, three, four, five, six, and then another horizontal line of seven, eight, nine, ten, or yeah, something yeah. like yeah, that. Like that yeah. Um you kinda normal puzzler mm. sort of thing, yeah. except it's meatloafs. For some reason. And you're rotating them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, that was far more enjoyable than probably it should have been. <laughs> and then we went to Bartronica for a little bit. Yeah. Played more games. Bartronica is pretty awesome. So they've expanded, seemingly, since last year. It's like a lot more arcade cabinets, I think, mm. than there was a year ago. Yeah. I would say there's more pinball there as well, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there are more games. Yeah. Actually, we should say, before we pass over Pinball Paradise and it's all just meatloaf rotation, <laughs> there was a lot of good pinball machines at Pinball Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. A really cool lineup, actually. Yeah. Tron, uh, Dracula, Ghostbusters, Game of Thrones, New Star Wars, Dirty Harry, mm. Getaway, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Hobbit. Hobbit. There's a bunch more. Yeah, there's a down, then downstairs there was like Tamalica and Tamalica. T- Metallica and Walking Dead. Not the third one. There wasn't a Walking Dead. I think there was. Was there? Yeah, like right inside the door. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I would have played that if I knew that oh, was really? there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it was there. And Iron Maiden. Yeah. And then a couple others down the back. Yeah, they had a Black Pyramid, which hadn't. The sound wasn't working properly, yeah, yeah. which ruins the game. Yeah. That that game is all sound. And uh, Gilligan's Island, which was broken, which is probably for the best. Okay. Because no one needs to play that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Pinball Paradise was really good. And we actually got in for a change. Yeah. We've been trying to go to that place for the last couple of years. And it was always closed when we tried to go there. Always closed. Yeah. Why? It was a conspiracy. Yeah. They just forgot this time. I forgot to close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so day zero was cool. A lot of fun. Then it was day one, PAX. Yeah. Today. Yeah. That was also fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did it start? We started at the Rihanna Pratchett uh, story time yeah. thing. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. Um her talking about how she became a writer for video games she did writing for um mirror's edge yeah. prince of persia prince of persia heavenly sword and tomb raider yep yep i think that prince of persia was mentioned mm. is that one yeah maybe i, I might be getting my games mixed up but yeah. i thought it was yeah prince of persia uh bioshock infinite she was a co-writer on mm. a lot of really really cool stuff and I just found that um, talk really interesting because often you go to panels and it's very developer-focused, yeah. very coding-focused, whereas this was just all about story and narrative and um, 
yeah, how that all sort of gets tied in together. And one of the things that stuck out for me was her her talking about Mirror's, Ed- Mirror's Edge where the game was basically done or the levels were all created and then she was brought on to put a story on top yeah. and the challenges therein. Yeah. And yet it's a very uh, critically acclaimed storyline. So she did a pretty good job on that. Yeah, it seems like they work through tough times because... They can't really put in the story they want necessarily because the game kind of dictates quite a few things and then mm. you can't change things a lot because it's a big drama to get the game to move around the story so you've really got to fit the story into mm. the game and the characters that are given yep. yeah and she was saying that she had all this narrative done and then at the last minute it all got ripped out huh. because they made a decision something or other I can't remember what it was but she said that was reasonably painful. Mm. Um, but yeah, just very interesting because, yeah, she was talking about, okay, so Faith, the, the character in the game, exists and she's running through these levels. Obviously, the mechanic of the game is to go through these levels as quick as possible. Um, it's all parkour stuff. It has a very unique uh, visual style, very... Um, uh, like whites and reds and yeah. blues, yeah. and that's about it. Um, and very sort of flat shaded colours. And she had to come up with an idea of why this is a thing. Mm. Why is this character running through these levels? Yeah. Why does the city look like this? And um, yeah, so I found that really, really interesting. That was really cool. Uh, then there was... Um, a Bethesda panel? Yeah. Oh, hang on. There was Penny Arcade Q&A. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fun, as always. Yeah. The guy's just answering questions. Yeah. I get <laughs> I get the feeling I am... As time goes on, I get less and less of the in-jokes. Hmm. Yeah. Going on, yeah. I think you need to be across their vast plethora yeah. Yeah. of things that they do. Yeah, the empire, as they put it. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And they do a lot of tabletop stuff. It, RPG, yeah. uh, D&D stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like half the... Like a significant number of questions were about that. Mm. Think, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's always it. cool because those guys are really funny. Mm. I mean, it wasn't... I, I don't know the names of the Penny Arcade guys, but one of the guys wasn't there, which is... Yeah, Mike, who does... Who draws the Penny Arcade comic, yeah, he, he doesn't... I think that's pretty much it. Like, he's not going to be making the trip out anymore. Yeah, because of his various social anxieties and stuff like that, which is, you know, that's that's all cool. So Chris Straub, Mm -hmm. Straub? Yeah, one of them. (laughs) He's there instead. Yeah. And he's pretty cool. So those guys are always really funny. Um, And then it was the Bethesda panel. Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of Bethesda people there as well as Tim Willits from id Software which is now owned by Bethesda and they talked about a bunch of their games that they've got going on and have done previously and again I found that interesting uh, again because they weren't talking developer centric stories it it was more talking about um, you know you can be a creative designer you can be an artist and all this kind of stuff and get a job in games because games you know companies hire these people now and it's part of the whole 
creative process. So I thought that was really interesting, like thinking maybe there is a part for someone like me in the games industry, because I'm not a coder and I could never code. I can't get my head around numbers and letters and (laughs) stuff that's complicated. Yeah. But I'm a creative person. Yeah. So, and I love games. So, yeah, it's cool listening to similar people like that to say, I can't code for shit. That's not me. But I've been in the game industry for 20 years and that's what I do. Mm. Yeah. I mean, their companies are rather large. I mean, well, the whole Bethesda thing is large and each studio Mm. as well is big now. So, Mm. there's a place for, you know, all sorts of people. Yeah. Mixed in with all of this, I was um, very lucky to be asked on to the Press Play on Tape podcast for a little bit about the whole Commodore 64. If you don't know Press Play on Tape podcast, um, check it out, search it on iTunes and the Googles and all of that kind of stuff. It's a cool podcast about, um, you know, old computing, retro computers and gaming and stuff like that. Uh, so Aaron, yeah, he asked me to record a little thing, and I think we recorded for about half an hour, so that will be an episode coming out in the future, yep. and I'm, you know, very grateful that he asked me on there, that was pretty cool. I've never been a guest on a podcast before, so yeah, I liked it. Then after that, I uh, stalked someone. <laughs> Because I brought down a, um, a Quake 2 CD, a uh, jewel case and so on and so forth. And I was really hoping to get Tim Willits to sign it. Um, and I can't remember what we were doing. We were floating from something to something and the Bethesda panel had sort of finished yeah. and we're out of the theatre and then I thought, oh, we can wander down this way and just maybe he'll be walking in the crowd. I don't know look for a short, bald guy in a pink shirt and blue jeans. Yeah. And we couldn't find him, and that's fine because there's hundreds of people. But then um, heading back out, we saw in the distance a guy, a bald guy in a pink shirt, blue jeans, walking away from us. And uh, and I thought, well, you know, we can't run after him. That's going to look weird. (laughs) So we briskly walked towards this person who was also walking away and then eventually he he seemed to be looking for I don't know how to get out of the building or something like that so he stopped and he was turning and even when we got reasonably close I don't think we were even reasonably sure that it was actually Tim Willits yeah I wasn't (laughs) I mean you know we're old our eyesight's not that great (laughs) and let's be honest I mean we haven't been very close to Tim Willits that much I mean probably 15 16 years ago we 
went to a signing. Well, a, so was it the Quake Three Arena launch? Yeah, it was something like that in yeah. Sydney. Yeah. And you know, we shook hands with him as well as uh, Paul Steed and yeah. got him to sign a few things. But besides that, we haven't actually seen him close up, so yeah. it was a bit hard to tell. But we got to a certain point, and I thought, well, I'm just going to shout his name, see if he stops and <laughs> and looks at me. And I did, and he turned around, and it was him. And I just introduced myself rather awkwardly as I'm just a gamer. <laughs> because, uh, I don't know, I felt weird introducing myself to someone I don't know. And he's obviously a very busy person, and he works in the industry. And I didn't want him to think that, I don't know, I was approaching him about... You know, I, I do this in the games industry and I'd really like to work with you. Yeah. And I just wanted to say I'm just a gamer and a fan. Yeah. But, you know, it was probably an awkward conversation. <laughs> but he was very welcoming and I shook his hand and you shook his hand and sort of mentioned to him. Because at the Bethesda uh, panel, he was talking about how, you know, people have met via creating clans in Quake and they gone on to form relationships and those sort of things are really important to him because they're the stories that stick with him that his games have changed people's lives and so I told him the story that you know you and I Matt met through Quake 2 by creating a clan we didn't know each other then we met in real life and then through you I got my job at the university and that ultimately led to my career yeah so he really enjoyed that story that was cool. Um, then he signed my Quake 2 CD. And something that you don't know, afterwards in the in the panel for the retrospective of id Software, yeah. he brought that up and said, you know, oh, a guy just an hour ago. <laughs> Again, you know, they come up and talk about how my games are changing people's lives. And this guy, you know, he got a career and people met through and that was cool so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was uh that was really cool a geeky sort of fandom moment but yeah and he also confirmed that uh, he authored q2d and one that's right yeah because uh matt and i were talking about this um q2d and one is the first deathmatch level in quake 2 and you know, there's some debate of, you know, it's the first level, so you play it the most. But also, I'm pretty sure it's just a perfectly designed multiplayer deathmatch level. And, yeah, I told Tim that and said, you know, I think we spent a good amount of our lives in that level. Yeah. And we, we weren't really sure whether Tim Willett's actually designed it. I think we were reasonably convinced he designed it. We're looking on the internet and there's some debate over whether he actually did or not. And I asked him, did you design Q2ZM1? And he said, yeah. Yeah. So, confirmed. Game the System podcast exclusive. (laughs) (laughs) We can update the wiki page now. (laughs) He did Q2DM1. So yeah, that was really cool. Um, That's pretty much all I went to. And then after that, I sort of wandered around a little bit and then came back to the hotel. But you kicked on, Matt. What did you do? Uh, what did I do? I I played in the decathlon tournament. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this was... 
well, decathlon on the Commodore 64. Yeah, and so that we were doing 100 meter sprint, which you know, for those that don't know the game, you just waggle the joystick as fast as you can. Yeah, it's to it's make the guy run. Mm. And every joke about waggling and sticks and whatever, these were all made like this was this was ripe territory <laughs> for you know that kind of joke. Mm. <laughs> mm. So there we were, you know, ten or so people taking turns waggling. Ten dudes, yeah, furiously <laughs> waggling. Yeah, yeah. And were, any, uh, were any joysticks broken? No, they held up really oh, well. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I forget the name of the joystick that was used, but it was one of these ones with the clicky micro switches in them. Mm. Is it the Competition Pro or something uh, like that? It sounds familiar. It's some famous C64 joystick that yeah. I never actually owned. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so ultimately, I didn't win. The Terrible. <sighs> Disappointing. Know. Yeah. Um, now these, these two guys... You know, like we're all like, you know, everyone can see like how well people are doing your technique and we mm-hmm. copy each other, like mm-hmm. see if you can do better. Mm-hmm. And then this guy comes along, sits down, really, really intense, <laughs> kills it. <laughs> and he, and <laughs> so he took the waggling to another level. Yeah, I think so. And then mm-hmm. he gets up, he gets up at the end saying, oh, I'm dizzy now. Like he's holding <laughs> his breath or something. <laughs> And then his friend similarly puts up this great time. Um, so most of us were like around 10 seconds, but a few of us had got like in the high nines. And then he and his friend got 9.71, which looked really good, really unbeatable. Hmm. And then this other guy came along, gets 9.51. Holy shit. That sounds like a Todd Rogers time. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then the first guy that put up the good score, he went down, put on 9.51 as well. So there was an equal <laughs> in this thing. We're all blown away. Like, how did this happen? And they start looking on Twin Galaxies. It's it's faster than the number one time on Twin Galaxies. Holy like, shit. Oh, shit. We should be recording videos of this. <laughs> so, yep, Aaron's recording all of them from then. Nice. Um, but in the end, no one, they didn't, no one beat that time. So, th- so what do we do? We need a winner. Mm. Those two guys had to sit down and do a two-player head-to-head race. Oh, no. That's, that's, that's the perfect way to yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know anyone's name. Some mm. guy won. Right. Some much. guy won. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing near 9.51. In that final? Yeah. Uh, no, there was like a... It was pretty good. I think a 6, 9, 6 something. They were both very fast in the final. Yeah, mm. like quicker than anything I did all day. Right. Yeah. Not not to that level, not to, not to 951, but it was really good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Intense waggling, it was, it was incredible. And, <laughs> you know, the other things, people are making the jokes, the table shaking and there's another console, you know, the other side. <laughs> like it's a bit rattling along <laughs> as well. And in the end, and I got a photo of this, the, the pads on the bottom of the joystick could like, Made all these marks all over the table, these black marks on these white tables. It's <laughs> <laughs> all in front of the corner 64 now. It's just like this smudge of black. You know, it's it's where the, the pads on the joystick were scraped on the table. And yet the yeah. joystick survived. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Mm. Cool. But you didn't win. No. No. Oh, well. You can't win them all. No, I guess not. You've got too many medals already. Too many? Yeah. The guy that came has... 
a boatload of medals. This is guy I've seen him. He was yeah, I've, I've seen, seen him like, before too. Yeah, he had a go. He, he was always okay. he always turns up with all these medals on. Yeah, him. he wears them all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't win either. Good. I mean, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Hmm. And then what happened then? <laughs> later. Didn't you do a Duke Nukem? Yeah, so later I saw a paddle about Duke Nukem Forever. Hmm. The best worst game ever. Right. So it was basically, they were walking through the game, pretty much pointing out all the dumb things about it. Hmm. This doesn't it, involve anyone who built the game, I no, assume. No, yeah. this is all people who had played it. And, yeah. So I'd never played Junior Nukem Forever before. I don't know that I've heard a lot about it really, like even... I, all, all I'd seen was like the trailers before it had come out. Hmm. You know, and you hear things. Yeah, I had no idea the game was like this. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a few speedruns of it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes Duke Nukem to another level. Yes, yes, yeah. that's pretty much how you describe it. Just amps it up again. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there pregnant women and and breasts and... Oh, there's boobs for sure. Yeah, but you, you interact with, I don't know. It, yeah, it's bad, whatever it is. Well, there, I mean, you know, there's strip club stuff scenes. There's another bit. There's the Olsen, Hol, Wholesome Twins, as in Olsen Twins. I don't know. Crap. It, this game. I don't know <laughs> even what we're going to say about it. Um, anyway, anyway, there's boobs. Yeah. Mm. And then there's boobs right before they get ripped in half. Mm. Um, it's apparently there's boobs you... There's boobs on the level and his balls. I don't know. Whatever. There's there's a lot of <laughs> boobs and balls. Yeah, yeah. That sums up Duke Nukem. Yeah, pretty much. It's a bad game. Yeah, but looking at it, going, oh, it's also incredible. How much stuff they jammed into the game. There is a lot, to be honest. Yeah, it did take a while. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So that was that. <laughs> And what I did after that, then discovered, okay, this, this mythical rock band room. Oh, I'd seen right. this on the, on the map. Mm. This was of keen interest to you. Yeah. Because last year at the beta bar after party packs, packs after party, they had a rock band set up there mm. in the pub. Mm. We had to leave you there. Yeah. We couldn't get you away. Yeah. Mm. Which was like the one of the most incredible things. Like I could do that forever, you know, mm. if that was possible. And I, I guess it's worth stressing the gravity of that because mm. usually I'm the person being convinced to leave a venue, right? Because I, you know, enjoy a few drinks here and there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was it was us leaving before you. Yeah. Which it's never <laughs> happens. But yeah, we couldn't get you away from that rock band setup. Yeah. So these are the heights that they had to live up to here at PAX. Mm. And it did not deliver. Oh. I'm disappointed to say. Yeah, that's so, a shame. But it might, might improve tomorrow. So the story was, there wasn't that many people, whatever. There, there were no mics there set up. And mm. they, didn't, they only had the songs off the disc, right? So, that, so that at, at Beta Bar, they had every song i guess in the game like there was so much like the guy had the book and it's just folders pages 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 songs hmm. and as well all the mics were set up the three mics set up on stands yeah so you could just walk up and do whatever if, if you weren't playing 
any you know you could do your box tower as well um yeah but no max kills it as well hmm. and only having the, the songs off disc it's it's not, not that good either hmm. you know what needs to happen what's that you need to organize the rock band thing for next time i don't, I don't even own rock band four <laughs> but you could <laughs> someone needs to say something you could make it great Nah, I don't think so. It costs thousands of dollars, probably. What to get, to get every song. Really? Ah, uh, there's so many. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But you'll be back. Yeah, I'll try again. Because they said uh, they probably will have the mics working tomorrow. I don't know what that means. And as I was, when I was there, they took away the drum kit. For some reason. I don't know what happened, really. Hmm. It was pretty late at that time, so I guess the guy was just taking it home. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. We'll see tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. If they don't have the full library, there's no way it can live up. Even if they have <laughs> all the mics and all the mic stands. And it sounds like having the full library is unlikely, <clears throat> based on what you said before. I think so. Like if they would have had it, it would have been there already. Yeah. Then you you still went, you're still going to PAX. At PAX, what? Day oh one. yeah, oh, there was more. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, then there's the concerts, right? So there's there's usually a music, or there's or has always been so far a music, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Which I don't usually go to because uh, I like to have a few drinks with my music. But yeah. at PAX, there's no drinks. No. You have no. to you have to bring get you have to load up outside. What's the word? Pre preload, Pre- <laughs> and, then, and then go in. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they had the opening thing was sort of like comedy. It was a bit mixed up. So the they had the theater set up. The first thingy on the list was a bunch of stand up comedians. Really? Yeah. Is has that happened before? Yeah, but it was used to, it was always been separate before. Hmm. This wasn't it was kind of separate, but you know, uh, it's just what the the thing was. Mm-hmm. So there's maybe oh I don't know eight or so things they would do like a five minute thing and then pass on to the next person. Yeah, it was alright. Hmm. And then first band is Seven Beat Hero, which they've performed at PAX many times, mm-hmm. and they're quite good. Hmm. Um. So if their thing, if you don't know this, is well, the sound of their music is pop music. They call it bit pop, so mm-hmm. they play on like Brit pop. But I get it. It's just pop songs that have video game sounds in it, and the 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 songs are mostly references to games as well. So there's like a Bubble Bobble song, for mm-hmm. example, and one about Flappy Bird. <laughs> and then the rest of their show really is um, there's an app on your phone, and you play a game that's happening on the stage. So they, their songs are built around 
a game that everybody is playing, the whole crowd is playing on their on their hmm. phone, mm-hmm. and you, and they will see it on the screen. Hmm. And in at the end of the show, there's like this points, and at the end there's a winner, and that winner, the last song of the show is always them like praising the winner like they get them up on stage and like you you know that's you're the best cool. you know, yeah hmm. yeah have you ever won no oh no right next year sure <laughs> <laughs> was there more or was it that's it well there's oh, another band right no you, you I didn't, didn't see, see the other band no that's unusual isn't it yeah I'm you had a podcast to, yeah that's it you had a podcast to record yeah yeah you're a man with commitments yeah Mm. Cool. Meanwhile, I was just back at my hotel yeah. here, right where we are recording. Mm-hmm. Actually, I did go to um, try to go to Bartronica. Oh yeah, Bartronica is packed. Really? Yeah, it's wall to wall. Oh crap! And um, my one criticism of Bartronica, Bartronica is awesome. It's got so many awesome games. But my one criticism is it's really hard to get a drink, mm. even when it's quiet. Yeah. When it's busy, forget about it. Yeah. I actually went in there. I did line up, um, even though I thought, no, this is going to be, I'm going to be waiting about 15 minutes. Mm. Stood there for a while and then I thought, nah, and then I left. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know what the deal is there, but it's just really hard to get a drink. Maybe you got a preload. <laughs> You brought it round full yeah. circle. Yeah. So that's about it then. That's day one. Yeah. Yes. So um, we will do another one tomorrow to wrap up day two. Presumably there will be just as much, if not more, stuff that will be going on. Oh, possibly. Today was very panel heavy. Mm. And I think the next two days won't be. Right. Yeah. I can't even remember what's on my schedule. Yeah forgotten already but yes so that will do us um i won't go through the usual spiel of the closure of the podcast because these are meant to be little mini episodes anyway but um yeah thank you for listening to game the system podcast we will uh endeavor to do another one tomorrow Not sure when you're going to hear this. We're going to send it off to John, who unfortunately can't be here at the moment because he's, you know, having a child. Those sort of important things. Mm. (laughs) But um, we'll send it off to him and he's going to edit it and hopefully we'll get this out tomorrow. So on day two, you'll be hearing the wrap-up of day one, etc., etc., etc. So yes, look forward to those. And uh, thanks to 1989, our sponsor... And we will see you tomorrow, readers. Yes. Goodbye. Bye.